Welcome to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Joined by my guy, Chris Liuzzi. Man, we're getting closer and closer to the sure. NFL Draft, bro. This is part five of our series, man. Uh, dude, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Like you said, it's, I mean, it's almost draft time. I don't care what team you're a fan of. Everybody's full of optimism, full of hope. Mm-hmm. You know, drafts, it's, it's a fun time. And yeah, man, I'm pumped. It's almost here. All the speculation, all the yeah. smoke. It's not going to matter here in a week, right? We're almost there. How, how man, are you doing? Man, I'm good, bro. Like, you know, the draft is such a huge spectacle. It's similar to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's what it's kind of become. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Especially Super Bowl, now. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like fans, NFL fans are going to watch Super Bowl. But the Super Bowl also brings in people who don't care a thing about sports. You know what I'm saying? They don't have a clue about either team. But it's like, hey, I watch commercials. I watch the halftime show. Everybody else in the world is watching this. I'm watching it too. The NFL draft has become that way too with, you know, all the people who actually attend the draft and, and what it's become and that. And, and as far as the, the event itself, it's such a huge spectacle, man. And so, you know, like I said, you got true diehard fans of these teams of uh, the 32 NFL franchises. But – then you look at some of the people who don't care about sports. They they kind of want to peek into and see what's going on, man. So this is very uh, it's it's, an, it's one of the best moments of the year. You know, what I'm saying with the NFL draft. I mean, draft period, NBA draft, MLB draft, always. Oh, yeah. But the NFL draft trumps all those easily. You know, what I'm saying it's not even close. And so, uh, man, we're fast approaching the actual kickoff for the draft, which begins on Thursday, April 27th, and runs to the 29th. But uh, you know, Chris, man, we we know. Some of these teams, especially at the early part of the draft, like is very QB oriented. These teams mm-hmm. who are going to be looking at their next franchise quarterback. There's one team that there's kind of been a little smoke here recently. And what are they going to do? Are they actually going to take a QB? Or are they going to shake the draft from the very beginning of it? And that's the number two overall pick the team that's selecting there the houston texans bro talk about the texans man and what what are you thinking about what they're going to do what are you hearing and uh let's dive into some houston conversation yeah and uh just to be concise on if if someone has missed all all the smoke with that the the whole the smoke comes you know court you know we talked about who we think carolina takes at one right Mm -hmm. well in in this scenario when neither of us had bryce young going one Mm mm-hmm this whole kind of talk and all the smoke about Houston potentially not going quarterback, whatever they might do is in the thought process that Bryce Young is now going one to Carolina, which mm-hmm. could happen. Mm-hmm. I, we don't know, but that's where all the smoke is right now. It's what everybody thinks is going to happen all of a sudden. And in that case, apparently Houston only likes Bryce Young. And if he's not there, they're like, nah, I don't, I don't want a quarterback. Mm. And I just, mm. I'm not buying it, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I mean, there's, I went from I will I'll admit that the smoke screen probably started happening about a week and a half two weeks ago and my immediate reaction is no way no and now there's been so much of it that I'm starting to be like well <laughs> you know it's it's made me waver a little bit but are they really just gonna ride in with Davis Mills again I just <laughs> I think they've done enough in the off season that like would trend upwards you know they they both hired I mean they hired a coach that we both are big fans of D'Amico Ryan's mm-hmm. okay yeah Bryce Young is gone. And they can't get them, which, okay, fair enough. Everybody's like, oh, well, you just you go get Caleb Williams next year. And I, 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 don't, <laughs> think you, I don't think you can do that line Mm-mm. of thinking. Because, I mean, look as, as look at the horrendous season we had, you know, the Colts had, you know, with Jeff Saturday, that whole thing. We're, we still only got pick four as bad as we were. Houston, yeah. as bad as they were, still only got pick two. You're not yeah. guaranteed. If you're putting all your dice in on going and getting somebody like that. Mm-hmm. 
like you just don't know even if you have a fantastic tanking season there's no way to guarantee that no. you're going to get that man yeah. and, and it's pretty rare that the number one overall pick is going to be a team that doesn't want a quarterback too like yeah. chicago was this year uh-huh. it's pretty rare almost every time that team is going to want a quarterback because that's why they're there and and chicago just, didn't want i'm not that buying pick. that man yeah, Chicago didn't want that number one pick. You know, they didn't want a QB, but they traded to somebody who did. Like, like you said, there's always somebody yeah. who wants that number one pick, especially if it's quarterback heavy or if they're in need of a QB. Uh, so yeah, man, that, that that I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. Yeah, I just don't buy it. Everybody and and the and this comes from because they think they wouldn't take Stroud, right? Because Stroud and Deshaun Watson share as an agent, and you know that whole fallout that happened mm, with Houston. Mm. I just whether it's Stroud, whether it's somebody else, I just it's really hard for me to see. Houston not taking a quarterback because not to not to mention if they don't they have to not only be okay with not taking quarterback they have to be okay with seeing one of those quarterbacks fall into our hands and potentially Tennessee's hands too if Tennessee mm-hmm. trades up behind them mm-hmm. so they have to be okay with not taking them and then also facing those guys for you know if they're successful for the next so many years and I, I just I don't know I don't I don't buy it I think it's just a lot of smokescreen I think you could even which would be kind of crazy is Maybe Carolina tries to make this a uh, almost like a like a breeze and rivers thing where they yeah. take them and they're like, hey, if you want your guy, <laughs> right? Like we're gonna tell you, you better come get him. And if you don't want him, then we're, we'll we'll ride with him, kind of thing, you know. But I don't know. I think even if they don't, that they take a quarterback. But that's I me. Mean, what what do you think? Do you buy any of this at all? Man, there's no way. I'm not even gonna waste my time playing a game like. There's no way you're the number two pick in need of a QB. Nobody like, and I like Davis Mills. I like Davis Mills. Like, I think he's actually been solid. Uh, you know, when you look at his play, you can't look at wins and losses on it when you play for a team like that. But I like Davis Mills. I think he's serviceable for sure. But there's no way when you're you have the number two pick, you need a QB. You had Deshaun Watson with that whole fallout, and you thought you had your guy for the next ten to fifteen years, and everything that you know fell apart there. You you want to replace that and kind of turn the page, so to speak. And the only way to quickly turn this page is to go get the next guy to replace him and hope he's he's somewhat near as good as Watson was before. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that's that's all fans will think about is like, dang, why did Watson have to do this? Why does all this stuff had to come through with Watson? You know, it's like he should still be here. We should still be. You know, we were on the on the way with him. We we're making the playoffs with Watson, even though Bill O'Brien was the head coach. They were still, you know, saying getting the playoff mm-hmm. berth. So I think it's no. There's no way Houston bypasses selecting a QB, and and whether it's Young, Stroud, whoever, Richardson, Levis, whoever, they're taking a QB. Uh, I mean, you yeah. look at you look at their franchise guys who they've had. You know, Matt Schaub, 88 starts. David Carr, 75 starts. Deshaun Watson with 53. Davis Mills with 25, and Brock Osweiler with 14. Those are your <laughs> Top five most starts in your franchise, your franchise history. Franchise leaders right there. Osweiler, <laughs> Mills, Carr, Schaub, and like I said, Watson was a stud, but none of the other four are anywhere near. So you want to, and, and I know it gets old, you know, having to be in this, this situation, but this is where you are, and this is where the league's mm-hmm. going. If you don't have that franchise leader, that stud at QB, you are going to be selecting in the top ten every year until you find that type of you know type of dude. And especially like you said, the Colts are in the hunt. Tennessee possibly in the hunt. We know Jacksonville is coming. They they got their guy and they're they're on the climb. You know what I'm saying? You talked about the Jags and how Peterson was the right fit, and he is. So yeah, man, I think it's I think it's all smoke. I think what the Texans are trying to do is is to see if they can get 
one of those moves like the Bears did. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, come get mm-hmm. them. Number two pick is ready, you know. And I think they can, they're trying to see, can we get a haul like the Bears did from Carolina? And if so, you know, we may be cool falling back to six or seven, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, and that way you're like, okay, we don't get this dude, but we get all these picks plus somebody we're comfortable with. You know, he may not be your number mm-hmm. one guy, but you may be, you may not have a big gap between one and three. And you're like, man, if we can fall back a few spots, get a bunch of picks, and we take our guy number three, we'll be content with that as well. You know, so I, I think that's what Houston, uh, I think they're, they're, they're trying to play that game and put it all out there. And But ultimately, I think it's going to come down to there, there's no way you can bypass this pick. And like you said, live with the potential of years to come. Like, man, they, they bypassed this dude. They could have had him. Because mm-hmm. that's what the league would do. That's what the league does. They do it from year to year. They already redraft. The, you know, let's redraft last year's top ten. And it's like – Nobody knew Brock Purdy was going to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. nobody knew this kind of stuff. Like, you can't do that. That's why the draft is so unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen and who falls where and why it worked there, you know. But, uh, yeah, I think Houston's, man, they're going to take that that QB at number two. And and, and the draft will really begin. It, it begins at one because we really don't know. And I guess we, I mean, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll dive into who we think the number one pick will be. But – Houston is taking the QB. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna entertain the thought that they would. So actually we're in agreement it. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't see them passing. But hey, I mean, we've seen crazier things happen on draft night, right? You never know. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't, and if that happens, all of a sudden, that gets pretty interesting come draft day, and <laughs> you probably see. I mean, there's a chance you see trades anyway. I think if Houston passes on a quarterback, you're almost certainly gonna see a trade. Uh, probably with Arizona and whoever else might be looking to get up. So it's something to keep an eye on, man. You never know. Maybe this is all real. Maybe we're both wrong. Maybe they do pass. They take a Will Anderson or they trade back, like you said. Who knows? Uh, it's part of the draft, right? It's the fun of the draft. We'll see what happens. Man, so so let me, before we go to break and we dive into your top QB list and, and who I like overall as well, do you think Arizona trades out of three? I mean, do you when it comes down to it, when it when the when number number three pick is is uh, announced by Roger Goodell, is it Arizona making that pick or are they actually trading it? Right now, I've I think most people think they're going to trade out. Mm. I've mm. been leaning. I've been one of the few thinking that they stay. I mm. will say, if Houston does not take a quarterback or if they trade out, I think yeah. that makes it more likely. Put it this way: If Houston trades out or, or takes doesn't take a quarterback, then I think Arizona is not making pick three. Put yeah, it that way. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That I, makes, I that think makes sense. I think Arizona staying is uh, dependent on them getting their their pick at the best player on the board that mm-hmm. isn't a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And if I they agree. don't get that, I think they move back. I agree. Uh, and and that increases the likelihood. Like you know, people people are looking. GMs are looking for the opportunity where oh, Houston just took the draft. They didn't take a QB. Oh, they took Will Anderson or whoever. And now it's like, dang, the Raiders or Seahawks or the Colts or whoever. Yeah. You know, uh, trying to trade up. It's like, well, you know, let's go ahead and get the three and get the number two guy who is actually our number one guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they may not mm-hmm. like younger whoever goes one. And it's like the Falcons, like man, ooh. Ooh, ooh, let's let's go ahead and make this move. That's a team I've been wondering about Atlanta for for this whole offseason period, and I like and I like t- Taylor Heineke, and and you know I know they got Ritter, but man, man, man. the Lamar Jackson thing—that's the one I really think about with Atlanta. It's like, why didn't y'all not go do that? Yeah. Not saying you go draft another rookie QB, but there's teams out there who are QB hungry, as you mentioned Tennessee, 
and we just don't know what these teams are going to do. Like it's so many, yeah. it's so many guys in limbo, man. Like you know, Kirk Cousins, the the the, the information that came out there with Trey Lance, possibly uh, the Vikings were showing interest yeah. in him, and it's just like he only has one year left in his contract. Kirk Cousins does, so it's like. What are these teams? You know, you know, everybody's kind of in limbo, even if they have a we, guy. We've that's, talked that's, about this. Seattle solid. takes yeah. somebody for for the future behind yeah. Gina. I mean, yeah, you never know, man. I mean, even even teams there could be teams we're not thinking about. I mean, when the Chiefs went up and got Mahomes, I thought yeah. the Chiefs were going to go that's get a quarterback. So I mean, Alex Smith was playing incredible. Mm-hmm. You never know, man. Mm-hmm. You just never know. I, I butchered that pick. So I was like, I mean, I the pick for Mahomes, but the the fact that like, I mean, you just got Alex Smith, who's solid QB and just coming off a playoff. He was birth balling. And, yeah. That, that era too, or that stretch. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it, like I said, I didn't know anything about Mahomes and what he could do. Uh, and nobody knew what he would do, but I was just thinking like, you got a guy like, go get, go get somebody else. Go get a position player that where you have a, a true need. Like Al Smith is not a, a need mm-hmm. at all. The QB position is not a need. So yeah, that's an excellent point, man. Nobody thought that Kansas city would make that move and, and man, they're they're laughing at everybody. Obviously, else now. panned out well. Yeah, <laughs> it panned out well. <laughs> you just man. never know, so, dude. That's the NFL draft. We just do not know. You heard it here from me and Chris. We both think Houston stays pat at number two and and selects a QB. When we come back from our break, he's going to share his top QB list. I'm going to share mine. You know, his is a little more interesting because his Colts are picking number four, where they're definitely going to select a quarterback. So. I'm interested for sure to see who he likes and what ordered. I've been wondering this for months, you know, when the, the draft order came <laughs> out, this is what the Colts are selecting. Who does Chris want? You know, because I, I have, I, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, I, I didn't always do a QB, you know, list every year and whether my team needs one or not. But, and last year we, we were in the hunt for one and we took Kenny Pickett, who was third on my list. So uh, after we come back, man, I'm, I'm going to listen to Chris and see what he thinks on who he wants to be the next signal caller for the Indianapolis Colts. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, joined by my guy, Chris Liuzzi, as we're diving into our top QB list. We're going to go with our individual list, top four guys, beginning with number four. Chris, your Colts are selecting number four. Man, tell me who do you have in your number four spot as far as QBs in this year's NFL draft class? A number four spot is a guy who I think could very realistically go to Indy at number four, and that's Will Levis, mm-hmm. quarterback out of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will go ahead and say I think Will Levis has probably gotten the most probably unwarranted hate, uh, at least in the last month or so, from just a general consensus I'm seeing online. Like if you go, which obviously reading social media comments is wild regardless, but if you go on any sort of Will Levis post, it's I mean, everybody hates this dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no one thinks he's gonna say, like, "Oh, this is this is the the big bust of the draft. This is the next Zach Wilson." And I, I like Levis, man. Like, I don't I don't know where all the 
hate's coming from. I, I think basically whether you like him or not is whether you think his 2021 season where he had a pro style, you know, play caller and he was healthy, you know, cause he had mm-hmm. Liam Cohen calling the, the plays who is now the, the Rams offensive coordinator. He leaves Kentucky along with not only him leaving, they lost a bunch of personnel. I, I it depends on whether or not you think his down year was more to do with all the pieces that left in his injuries versus him just, you know, hmm. just taking a step back. And I, mm-hmm. I tend to fall into former. I, I think we got to see what he could do in 2021. He was much more mobile in 2021. He didn't have the turf toe or the shoulder injury all year. Like he's a really good, I'm not saying he's like an Anthony Richardson type of runner, mm-hmm. but he's a tough runner. He's a big dude. I mean, he's like a, Six three, six four, two hundred thirty-five pound dude. He's a big dude at quarterback. He's got a obviously we know about the rocket arm he has, but like I, I think there's enough there. And I think the big thing, the reason why I, I like him, is he he's one of two him and Bryce Young who have played in a pro style system, shown that he can play in it well. So he knows how to to make checks at the line. He knows how to go through progressions. Like these are all things that you have to be able to do at the NFL level, and not every shoot. Most quarterbacks in college don't get asked to do that. He's already been there. And the other big part of it is, you know, so much of a quarterback succeeding is the mentality, right? Is the mental, like the physical, as physically talented as Will Levis and other guys can be. Okay, how, how are you upstairs? And with Will Levis, which I, I think all four guys are, are solid there, but Levis in particular, we have tangible proof that he is willing to work on his game. Mm. Whenever he was a freshman at Penn State, he was a redshirt freshman. They didn't really, he was like a wildcat guy. Basically they didn't really use him a whole lot. He leaves Penn state. He goes and trains on like with a biometrics group in Canada to work hmm. on his like hip mechanics and wow. stuff like that. Like we, <laughs> so we have, we've, we have proof that he is going to work on stuff. Yeah. And at the combine, he straight up said, he's like, I've got to work. Like he acknowledged that his footwork needs cleaning up. Like he, like he just seems like he's really dedicated to the craft and we have proof that he is. Right. Every quarterback says they are, but we have like tangible proof that this dude will work on stuff on his own time. Right. And I think that's important. I mean, it, he's been very, I don't know. I just, I, whenever I hear stuff like that, I like it. I like that he can acknowledge where he <laughs> needs to get better at. And yeah. I think teams are going to like that. That's why I think I've seen a lot of people say that teams are probably going to like him a lot more than most people online seem to like him. You know, I, I don't know, man. I, I like Will Levis. I don't, mm. I don't see the hate. He might be awful. You never know. I mean, the drafts are, total gamble but i don't i i think there's like he's absolutely a first round guy put it that way he's my number four but he's absolutely a first round guy and if he ends up going to indy i'm, I'm cool with it man cool with it huh <laughs> so you got cool levis as your fourth guy and yep. and like you said he's one of those like yeah nobody knows where he'll go you know he's been rejected top 10 i've seen him drop you know later in the, in the back part of the first round yep and who knows with will levis nobody knows um and, and you know with QBs, man, it's sometimes you know you look at the guy, you're like, man, I like him, but man, his 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 style of play, those those QBs with that style of play have not been that successful. And it may not be fair to critique that type of guy in that manner because so many other ways, uh, other people similar to him uh, didn't pan out. Or it could be from you know the school, the school that this guy is associated with, and it's like, man, that track record is not the best. Mm-hmm. And and you know, 
you talked about the 49ers off air. We were talking about Trey Lance and Brock Purdy and how Shanahan has had success with different guys at QB, Garoppolo, and, you know, so now Purdy, and we'll see if Lance gets that shot. And, you know, we talk about the Niners offense in general with running backs. Mm-hmm. Like, they just have success. That's a Shanahan staple, it seems like. QB or running back, it doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. They just find a way to get it done because Shanahan's that good of a play caller. What I'm getting to is C.J. Stroud is my number four guy, man. C.J. Stroud okay. is number four, and I know it's probably catching. Me. I did not think he was yeah. going to be number four. Okay. Okay. And, and, and I like Stroud. That's the thing. I like Stroud, but it's hard to bypass the Ohio State history of QBs mm-hmm. who have been selected and how it didn't pan out. I mean, going back to 99, Georgia Maine, Craig Krenzel in, tw- in 2004, the Troy Smith in 2007, Terrell Pryor in 2011, Braxton Miller in 2016, Cardo Jones in 2016, yeah, Dwayne Haskins a few years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. outside of Justin Fields, who we still don't know it, and I like Justin Fields a whole lot. Like I, I would have, mm-hmm. you know, loved if Steelers had him. But it's just I'm, I'm a whole, I'm gonna put the pause button on any Ohio State QB until they show me. Like so I, I would have been all in for yeah. Fields, and I'm, I'm rooting for Fields. But, man, Stroud did ball out in the National Championship game against Georgia. He did everything he could. Yeah. But something you talked about is how it's hard to judge those guys at Ohio State as far as quarterbacks because the talent is so great around them. Yeah. And the competition level isn't necessarily top level like SEC play. I got Stroud at number four, bro. Okay. Yeah, no, it surprised me. I did not think you were going to have him at number four. I, I will say, and you know what, I'll, I'll go ahead and carry it on. Stroud's mm-hmm. my number three. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll add on to this. I, I will say if there was any guy, I any sort of – I've had my, my order stick out. I texted you before the combine that I think I had my QB order, and I've had it since. The only, only consideration I've had whatsoever in mixing that up was swapping Levis and Stroud with three and four. So yeah, I don't yeah. think you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. I don't, I don't think it's crazy. <laughs> but like you said, I think you pretty much nailed it. It's just, it's not his fault. It's not Ohio State's fault because it obviously works. But I guess to put it this way, Will Levis is probably the only guy, at least top four, who his, his game is pro- like, I guess the game is probably going to be easier for Will Levis in the NFL than it is in college, which is very, and I don't, I don't mean to, obviously the NFL is much tougher than college, but like just a situation Will Levis was in with the lack of talent around him and the yeah. roughly cut, like he was in a rough spot mm-hmm. there and plus the injuries and he's not to say he's going to not be at a bad team in the NFL. Most of the time, if you're going high, you're probably going to be in a rough spot too, but it's probably going to be better than what it was. He took, he had the most pressure of these top four guys. I mean, he was getting just, he was getting chased pretty much every single play. Stroud, on the other hand, like you said, <laughs> he, he was almost untouched. Yeah. And he's throwing it to, I mean, <laughs> you know, Garrett Wilson last year, he's got Marvin Harrison Jr. Who's going to be probably like a top five pick next yeah. year. You know, Chris Olave. Smith, like, yeah, Chris Olave. I mean, that's just Ohio state, yeah. right? And he, <laughs> and he got to sit back there all day. I mean, it's it's like you can't knock him for it, but yeah. it's like okay, well, it's hard to how conversely to Will Levis, his it's probably going to get a lot harder for C.J. Stroud at the NFL level. Yeah, and and that's kind of the judgment call that you know we have to make. What teams have to make is okay, is he going to be able to adjust to that? I don't know, and that, and that's the the big question. I, I will say in his favor, 
I think he's a much better passer or as a prospect than Fields was coming out. Like we've, I think he's shown that he can work through progressions a lot more. And he throws one of the, like he's probably like a teach tape on just mm-hmm. throwing pure, like just a pure thrower. Like, dude, oh my gosh. Like he just throws a pretty ball and it, it's super smooth. He doesn't have like a cannon for an arm or anything. He's just he's super accurate and just yeah, throws with a yeah, lot of touch. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, he looks, it looks pretty when he, he's got that Russell Wilson moon ball type thing. Mm-hmm, when he, mm-hmm. when he throws, it's just a lot of touch and it's really pretty, but no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think you're crazy. And I, I mean, I definitely see, you know, we talked off air, like you said about, um, you know, if I were to like kind of tier these guys at all, I, I would probably have my top two a little bit further ahead than these latter two with yeah. him. And I think him and Levis are a little bit, not equal, but a little bit closer to each other. And it's more of, it's just the unknown, you know, if one to like it to our coaching rankings, you mentioned before, you know, I, I said, the main reason I went with Sean Payton is a Steichen over Steichen is Steichen's an unknown. Yeah. And it's kind of similar here where Stroud's just, I, I think we use, yeah, we need to see it. I think that's a good way to put it. You need to see it. He's got the talent to do it. I will say the only thing that's kind of working against him here is, uh, you know, I've told you about the, the cognitive scores that a lot of these quarterbacks take, right. And they're supposed to, you know, like Brock Purdy, for example, did really good on it. And it's a, apparently they've been doing it like the last decade and it's just now been kind of released to the public over the past year. It's not the, uh, the wonder lick, but it's like, it tests all kinds of sorts of things. Apparently Stroud did not do very well on mm. it. Apparently mm. this QB class as a whole is the best that they've ever had testing, but he had a really wow. rough score compared the other three had really high scores of these top guys. Stroud apparently had a pretty rough one. Mm. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean he's going to fail. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just, you know, it's one of those things. And it's something that maybe if a team has a lot of value in that, in those kind of scores, they're like, Ooh, that's not good. You know? Yeah. 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 Could be a red <laughs> and, flag. Yeah. It's, so it's something to think about. And, and he's, so he's going to have that working against him along with, like you said, coming from Ohio state, he's not going to be throwing to three or four guys that are that much better than every corner. You know, mm-hmm. he's not going to have all day to sit back there. I don't know. We'll see. But then again, you know, against Georgia, he looked like the best player on the field. So he did. He showed out, you man. Stroud was impressive. We'll see. But no, I, I, I'm surprised you have him at four. But I, <laughs> I get it, and he's my number three. So we're not far off, man. So you got you got Levis at four, Stroud at three. Levis at four, Stroud at three. Who's your number three? My number three is uh, Anthony Richardson, man. Um, you know, I think okay. where the where the game All is right, going. All right, so you were throwing me mm, for a loop here, mm, then. Okay. Mm. All right, dude. Where the game is going in the mo like. Ten years ago, he would have been looked at as nobody really knows what to do with him, you know. But now the game has become so mobility-driven at the QB position. You look at Mahomes, you look at Allen, you look at Herbert, you know, even Burrow can move, you know, for a QB. People don't realize he can he can flush mm-hmm. the pocket. Like, you look at the game, Lamar Jackson, of course those guys. But that's where the game's going. And, I mean, even, yep. you know, the Steelers, Mike Tomlin said last year going into the draft, he was like, kind of where the game is going, you need – to consider and it's important to have mobility at that quarterback position so Anthony yep. Richardson now teams are are now open and willing to select a guy like him and it's like okay he may need help in the passing game that's why we like Thomas said this is why we hire you know passing game coordinators why we hire offensive coordinators why we hire quarterback coaches who can help them in that and so he, basically what he was saying is like that whole mentorship Man, he's a mentor. He should be one of he, he's thirty four. He's a mentor. Like this dude don't want to be a mentor. Like this dude want to still compete in the league and, and, and start. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. so, th- like Tomlin was saying the whole mentorship is overrated because that's what assistant coaches are for. That's what 
offensive coordinators for and quarterback coaches. They are there to help progress the player. And so I think Anthony Richardson, with the way the game is going and his athleticism, and you saw glimpses, you know, you saw glimpses of what he can do in the passing game as well. It, it, but it's all contingent upon him going to the right fit. And that's for every quarterback. Yep. Every quarterback. Yep. And and there's no more no – more, any other position, you could be like, okay, he can go anywhere and probably be a stud if he's a stud. But at quarterback, the team has to be willing to commit to who he is and his strengths and weaknesses. And if Richardson goes to the right team, I would not be surprised if that dude flourishes, man. So Anthony Richardson, my number three selection. Okay. I, I will save my, my tongue on Richardson because I have more to say uh, on him coming up right. a, a little bit. But okay, I see it number three. I, I will say mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. your list is surprising. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with it. I want to say just in mm. general, that's kind of the interesting thing with this class is there isn't a, in my opinion, there isn't a generational guy. And I think all four have something that you can be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. it's not ideal. Right. And so mm-hmm. there isn't, that, that's the only reason we've had that conversation about who Carolina, if there was that guy, there wouldn't be any conversation. It would be, it'd be, oh, it'd be like Burrow. Okay. Burrow's going to go number one. Obviously, Andrew Luck, he's going to go number one. Trevor yeah. Lawrence. There isn't that guy. Nah. It's, it's a pick your flavor, basically. Who do, what are you looking for? Who do you like? Uh, so no, I get that. And just a, the only thing I'll say, I guess, until I, I dive in a little bit more with Richardson is you said it is you quarterbacks have to be able to move. When you think about it in the last like decade or so, mm-hmm. I mean, is Tua probably the only pocket quarterback who's been drafted and then succeeded? I mean, everybody, even yeah. if it's just a little bit, can have some mobility. It's just mm-hmm. the, it's the game, man. That's it's the way it's the just the going. way the game is. It's mm-hmm. how, how it's gone. Tua's, like, I mean, because I, I thought about this a, a while back, and I'm like, I, he literally might be the only guy who that's – he, he he is not a mobile dude. It's mm-hmm. just it's not you know he he wants to sit in the pocket and deliver beyond time. That, everybody uh, else it works, but <laughs> uh, but everybody else, man, everybody else can move if they need mm-hmm. to. You know, but no, I, I like it. So so number four, <laughs> you have Stroud. Number three, Anthony Richardson. Yeah. All right. So moving <laughs> on my number two. two. Who you got it too? Right, number two. So so uh, we I think we're gonna we're obviously because I I'm betting I know where you have this next guy. Mm-hmm. My number two is Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. My number two is Bryce Young. I do not. I'm not as concerned with his with his size. I think it's worth noting, and I, and I get it. I'm not as concerned about the height. I, for me, it's his literal size. Like he's just thin. It's. I think the concern with Richardson or not Richardson, with Bryce comes from okay, can he like health wise? Can he sustain? Can he be durable? But if he can, I mean, it's. There's not a lot of weakness with him, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, that's, that's kind of his big thing, and that's why I totally get people like who, you know, prob- whether it's yourself or who else, like having him number one. Is if Carolina takes him number one, I'll be, I get it. When when he's healthy, if he's healthy, when he's bad, he's special man, and he makes plays happen. He, you know, we talk about, I talked about, you know, mechanics and things like that with Levis. He's not technically the most. He's not like a teach tape guy like Stroud. He doesn't uh-huh, have uh-huh. like the super you know, whatever, but it doesn't matter if the ball gets where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. He's, that's what he is. He's a playmaker, man. I've seen someone uh, on Twitter the other day compare him to Steph Curry. And yeah. I don't know about, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure about the comparison, but the general thought of he's just a playmaker. Like he just makes things happen. Mm-hmm. I think is accurate, man. He's, you know, you know, I like my player comps to me. He's kind of like a, like a lighter, like a smaller Deshaun Watson. Ooh. Just coming out the way mm. he he just makes stuff happen. Mm, that's good. Like, 
So coming from Alabama, everybody, you know, we talk about, you know, C.J. Stroud and the Web and Seattle. Everybody assumes every year that Alabama is the same way. They usually are. That wasn't mm-hmm. the case this year. I mean, that the line wasn't as good as it usually has been. He, he, did, he definitely wasn't throwing to the same guys that, like, C.J. Stroud was. Like, yeah. he, he had to work back there, man. Mm-hmm. He was incredible. He's incredible under pressure. He was in, anytime he had to roll out, I mean, he doesn't have the cannon for an arm or anything, but he gets it everywhere. I mean, he's just – he just makes plays happen. I think it's just the best kind of way to sum him up is he's just a playmaker. Like if you need a first down, you need a touchdown. He just makes it happen one way or the other. And he's, he's special in that regard. And so, I mean, saying all that, it probably sounds crazy. He's my number two, not number one. Mm-hmm, but it, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'll get into why I'm so obviously sold on my number one guy, but now Young's special, man. He's a, he's a special dude. And it's just, can he stay healthy? It's literally the only question mark with him for all these other guys. You know, the red flag is, something else with young it's something he can't help it's he's just little that's all it is he's just yeah. a little dude <laughs> you know and we've seen with kyler having trouble staying healthy i don't i'm not as concerned with i mean lamar and you're talking about mobility he got hurt in the pocket and anything can happen but that's really the only question with, with young is can he stay healthy and if he can i mean he's put it this way we talk about there's no generational guy to most people if he was six three six four he'd be it wouldn't even be a question Right, if he yeah, was bigger down. and taller, there wouldn't it wouldn't be a question. He'd be number one. We would talk. We'd be talking about what's our two, three, four rankings. So I can acknowledge that young special man. So, ugh, what I can <laughs> I'm assuming I would assume yeah, yeah. he's not your number two. But who's your number two? <laughs> man, so number two. This is somebody that you know uh, really wasn't on the scene for any team or draft scouts a year ago, uh, but he had such a phenomenal season that he's generating some okay. buzz, man. You know, generating some buzz throughout the season. Uh, here in the last few weeks, his name started to pop up a little bit more. And, I mean, I just love his game. I think he's a guy that's he's smart. He's mobile. You know, he's not going to look to run, but he can run, and he will take those six, seven, eight yards, whatever. But he throws a beautiful ball as well, man. That's Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, man. I like Hendon Hooker a lot. And this is where, with me, I'm not a guy who's, oh, I need a QB. I got to take him in the top five. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, you know with me, man, it's like if, I, if my guy that's number one on my board at QB is a third-round projection, I'm going to wait to that second, third round and get my guy. So, Hendon Hooker, he's projected third, second, possibly late first. I think he's a guy, if he's number one on your board, sit tight and wait and go get him. You know what I'm saying? Let him fall into your lap. So, Hendon Hooker's my number two, man, and and – you know, I know you have your concerns about there. We got about about ten minutes left in this thing, but Hendon Hooker's my number two, and so I'm gonna leave it at that. And we'll we'll see. But it's contingent <laughs> upon, like I said, where does he go? Where does Richardson go? Where does Stroud? Where do these guys go? That's the fit. The fit has to be. The fit is more important than the skill. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you can be skilled, but if the fit doesn't make sense, if they don't work to have the system fit you, then you're not gonna work. So, man, I'm going to pass it back to you. I got my number two, man. I got Hooker. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I won't get too, too into it. That's probably our biggest disagreement. But, hey, you never know. I mean, I, I do like Hooker. I am tend to be, and I, I see him as a day two guy. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. He is probably my number five if I had to throw him in a ranking. Mm-hmm. And I will I will hold all, all my yeah. concerns on him for another time. But mm-hmm. uh, to my number one. Mm, here it goes. <laughs> My number Wait, one's Anthony Richardson. Man. Ooh, ooh, ooh. My number, I, I am fully sold on it. You never, I mean, as sold as I can be. Obviously, you never know. Nothing's a sure thing. Uh, one thing 
I just want to say my piece on everybody concerned about his accuracy, you know, his, his 53% accuracy. I, I think you have to be very careful, I guess, put it this way, just looking purely at the accuracies. I don't think that's indicative of his actual accuracy. Mm-hmm. So one thing working with against Richardson here, he of these top five quarterbacks, he, he had the most drops on a team from his guys he was throwing to. He had the most drops. Of these top quarterbacks, he had the – even further than Hooker, which is surprising soon in the offense, he, he had the the largest yards per attempt. So mm. not a lot of easy throws. They, mm. they air it out over there, right? And he's not airing it out to good talent. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it, I think he had a lot of a lot of things working against him. You know, I, I didn't necessarily love the scheme he was in. Uh, you know, they had a new play caller that year, you know, first time head coach. And then on, on top of that, his inexperience, he didn't start playing, you know, quarterback. He he played junior year of high school. He missed most of his senior year of high school with, you know, injuries. And then in his three years of college, he's gone through three offensive coordinators. He's mm. gone through three quarterback coaches and he's gone through two head coaches. I mean, every single year. And then he's not throwing to a bunch of talent over there either. I just, when I, when I watch him and I, and I get the, the concern, I, I think there's a lot more there to work with, man. I don't think he's as, First of all, I think his floor is higher than people mm-hmm. can talk about. I think what we've seen with, with guys like Justin Fields is, yes, he needs a lot of work as a passer, and he's getting better there. But he was able to provide so much value as an athlete, just purely as a runner, that he still had some success. I think yeah, Richardson yeah. can have that kind of impact early on. I yeah. think that gives him a floor because he's such a special runner. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I mean to nearly run a 4-3 at his size, I mean, goodness, man. <laughs> And, and, that's, and we've that's seen it part. on tape and call. Yeah. We've seen him hit those runs. Mm, and mm, so mm, I'm buying on the ceiling with Richardson. And, you know, talking about, you know, the 53% accuracy. This is only – he started one year. That's it. So if you compare him to other NFL quarterbacks, you know, who also – you compare their first year starting, which, again, it wasn't his freshman year, but, was, you know, his first year starting. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, his first year, 57%. Mm-hmm. Lamar, his first year, 54%. Mahomes, his first year, 56%. Josh Allen, 56%. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, 54 mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, 58 Look, mm-hmm. it can get – this isn't to say that this guarantees he's going to be like those guys. You yeah. never know. And he might be awful, you know, a year or two from now and be like, what in the world are we doing? I just don't think his accuracy stat is what suggests that he's going to be bad. Put it that yeah, way. Yeah, I think yeah. it's misleading. I don't think you can just do that. I mean, shoot, you look at quarterbacks who've had great accuracy. Johnny Manziel was 68% in college his first year, mm-hmm. you know? There's just I don't think you can just look at that, man. I think when you when you watch him play, he had, he had a good front. His – his team around him wasn't as bad as Will Levis. He he wasn't throwing to really anybody, but they had a good line at least. They 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 block well up front. But he the things that he does are things that like kind of the smaller things that quarterbacks really need to be able to do. He works through his progressions, even with his lack of experience. You'll yeah. see him work through his progressions. You'll see him as special of an athlete as he is. He wants to stay in that pocket and make a play, and he will. He'll sit there and move around the pocket and keep his eyes upfield and try and make a play. As special as he is, he's he could take off pretty much every play and probably mm-hmm. make something happen. And maybe you could argue maybe he should a little bit more often college, but he didn't. Like he wants to be a, a, a pocket quarterback. And you know, not to throw a shot at Hooker, but that was one of my big concerns with Hooker is there isn't a, like he if his read isn't there, he takes off. Period. Mm-hmm. There's no there's zero playmaking from Hooker at all. Not that he can't do it. Maybe he gets to it at the NFL level. There's zero of that in college. Yeah, yeah. And a part of that's the offense. You know, he has his read. If it's uh-huh. not there, he goes. Period. Yeah, that's yeah. just what he does. Yeah. Richardson, try. He will stand in there. He's not Bryce Young levels. Of, I mean, Bryce Young is incredible at 
creating plays out of structure, you know, when he needs to. But Rich, Richardson's really good at it too. And Richardson's, I would say, has the best pocket presence of all these, even over Young. Mm. He had the lowest sack rate. And, I mean, it, I mean, it makes sense. You look at his, I mean, just how big of a duty. He's got to be a nightmare to try and bring down. You know? <laughs> but he, he stays in the pocket. He hangs in there. He'll take it. He'll stand in there and take a shot, and he'll make a throw. And he'll make a lot of bad throws. I mean, I, like I said, he's got stuff to work on. And I, I would say, like, if he was starting day one, like, if, if we were ranking them based on just immediate success, he wouldn't be my number one. I think that would probably be Bryce Young. I think Bryce will probably have the easiest – I think he's the most ready, put it that way, to just yeah, come in yeah. and probably be good. Yeah. But yeah. I'm ranking them as prospects and, you know, at long-term success. I'm, I'm buying the, the ceiling on Richardson. I really think – like, I like him, man. I, I've really been, <laughs> I've been a big fan of him even before the combine, before he – I mean, he's arguably the mm. the most athletic quarterback of all time with the way – I mean, that was insane. Dude. Right? <laughs> but I, I, I was in on him before the combine. I think he's – I think he really has a chance to be special. And if he flames out, then, hey – you know, you never know, but I am completely sold on at least taking a swing on him. I think he's absolutely worth it. Yeah, yeah, Richardson, man, he he is a special talent. I think he's somebody that if uh, had one more year of college, he would probably be the Heisman favorite. And yeah, he could, probably should have went back. Yeah, yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah. He should have. He definitely should have went back. Um, or, but the stock was so high. You, you. That's where that's where the fit comes. Okay, it's like yeah, I don't get. Him. I don't blame yeah. him coming out because obviously he's gonna go in the first and it's like yeah. it obviously works but yeah i think he could have improved a lot mm-hmm. with another year definitely and that's the issue where fit has to he work just as far snaps, as the man. Team. he's so inexperienced mm-hmm. <laughs> the team fit has to be great as far as style they have to give him time this is not a dude you want to start from year one and i don't like anybody starting year one, honestly but if there's one mm-hmm. guy that i'm comfortable starting from day one like a joe burrow it's Bryce Young, man. Like Bryce Young is I figured that he'd be your number one. dude. He is that the dude. The rest of your and, list got me. I figured yeah. you'd have Young number one. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you know, and and that's why I mentioned the whole. Ain't we ain't gonna dive into that yet? We got another episode coming for the draft hits. But Bryce <laughs> Young is that guy, man. He is that dude that just wows you. And just how did he get out of that? Man, his offensive line was horrible yeah. this year. His receivers were. Bama's had receivers for years. You know, they they've gone from like. You know Julio Jones to to like uh, Mari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. Then you got Ruggs and Smith and you know uh, Waddle, Waddle and and <laughs> and Judy. That's say like Judy, Ruggs, Judy Smith, and Waddle. And then you you go to John Mechie and Jameson Williams, and that was the difference. That was their old line wasn't as good as it usually is. The receiver core was horrible this year. He didn't have that number one guy. Bryce Young just makes things happen, and I'm telling you, like this was a dude who. I think it was like $895,000 he had in NIL money before he even made one start. He's behind Mac Jones. And so next year he comes in as the, as the guy, first start against Miami, and I'm like, how does he handle the pressure? He's making $895,000 and hasn't even made one start for the Crimson Tide. How does he handle that? And, boy, he won me over in that first game against Miami. Bleed as in Atlanta, like Chick-fil-A kickoff, whatever. I'm like, I'm a Bryce Young fan. This dude is for real. And he just wows you. Like I said, there's not many guys who are selected number one overall at quarterback who actually should be selected number one overall as quarterback. Like, Alex Smith was not a number one guy. Demarcus Russell's not. Matthew Stafford, to me, is not a number one overall guy. Sam Bradford. Cam Newton was that dude. Andrew Luck was that dude. Jameson Winston was not. Jared Goff. I like Baker. Collar, you can put them too. But typically, when I look at the number one overall pick, like you have the first pick above everything. 
whether it's quarterback or not, mm-hmm. this dude needs to be a number one pick. Bryce Young is that man. Bryce Young is that dude. He, I don't know how to put it. I could, I could go on and on about him. And the one thing that you said people knock is his size. And I don't care nothing about size. If you're a baller, you're a baller. Like you've gotten this far yeah. where you're a stud and you overcome the the perceived weaknesses or disadvantage at being mm-hmm. ner- a, a smaller guy. I don't care about none of that. If you a stud, you are a stud. And man, that's how I look at it. That's the only thing you got on this dude. And do better. You know what I'm saying? Like, do better. Like, y'all seen this dude? Just watch two games of him and tell me why he's not the number one pick overall and why he's not number one guy. Like, I love Bryce Young. I, I don't think it's – I think when you talk about the list, you know, we got like a minute left. Bryce Young, for me, is one, and everybody else is just there. That's how That's how I really look at it. You could be like, oh, one and two, he had Young, Hooker, that – no, it's not. It's like Young is like really one and two, three, four, and if I got to come up with another another guy next, I can do it. But Bryce <laughs> Young is clearly my number one favorite. Um, I think he's a stud. Like I said, he could start from day one if he had to, and I think he's a dude that could go anywhere, anywhere in the league and ball out. So whoever selects him will be, will be for sure glad they selected him. Chris, man, we got about like a minute left, dude. Wrap it up. Let me tell you, I've been on your list for a whole month, <laughs> a month and a half. I've been wondering what you think and who you got. And we'll, we can talk about this a little bit later in the next episode as well. But you got Anthony Richardson as number one. Uh, about 45 seconds left, man. Tell me, is that, do you, what's the likelihood that's the number four pick for the Colts? Anthony Richardson. I hope it's 100. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I, to be, I, I think it's going to be Richardson or Levis. I, if Ballard is the one behind the pick, RGM mm-hmm. Ballard, and he kind of follows his MO with quarterback that he does with other ones, which is bet on the big traits, bet on the special mm-hmm. traits. That's mm-hmm. his whole thing. It's the traits. Richardson or Levis is, is going to be the guys because those are the two traitsy guys of mm-hmm. these top guys. If you want the rocket arm, if you want you know the, the special athlete, the, the mobility, it's going to be these two guys. Uh, also, I just think that I do think Young is, if he doesn't go one, it's going to go two. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he would be on the board anyway, and I'm not sure that Ballard would touch him because yeah. of his size. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I would, I think I have it probably most, like I lean I lean pretty heavy towards it being Richardson and then Levis and then Stroud and Young in that order as far as number four to us. Mm. But okay. uh, hey, you never know. You never but that's, know. That's what I think. I think Richardson will be a Colt unless someone trades up in front of, in mm. front of us. But hey, mm. we'll see. We will, we will indeed see, bro. I, uh, like I said, we'll dive into this even more. Like Chris, like I said, it's a reason why I have this dude on the show. Anytime we talk in NFL, he knows not just his Colts, but he knows NFL. And this next episode, we're we're gonna, I want to take a look at last year's sleepers, just kind of give you a quick tease, mm-hmm. and tell you why Chris is so in tune with his Colts. And oh boy, he knows what Chris Ballard likes. And this dude is is on he is <laughs> on target. I mean, pinpoint accuracy when it comes to knowing his team and what his team, what type of player fits his style and Chris Ballard's style as well. So, Chris, man, appreciate you as always, dude. You heard it here. His number one guy is Anthony Richardson. Mine is Bryce Young. We will take one more look prior to the NFL draft. And uh, dude, <laughs> we're inching closer and closer day by day, man. Eight so, days uh, away. dude. The sweet spot is here. NFL draft is near. And uh, Chris, man, I appreciate you, bro, as always. For sure. Appreciate you, man. I'm excited to talk next week. And I'm excited to see what happens, dude. It's almost here. I'm ready. And as I always say, there's nothing better than being 
in the sweet spot. <laughs>